business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Hi, and welcome to the Business and People podcast. I'm your host, Walt Bayless. In this episode one, we have a very special guest, someone who has been through the Marine Corps, is a CEO, and uh, runs now a business consultancy and coaching. We range in topics everything from routines to big mistakes made and lessons learned, uh, some of his favorite things, which I think the answer will surprise you. And without any further ado, it is my great pleasure to welcome you to the Business and People podcast. Please enjoy this first episode with our very special guest, Mr. Tom Beal. All right. And Tom, thanks so much for joining me. Um, Mate, so you have had that uh, incredible career moving uh, from the the Marine Corps. You've gone into the CEO world. You've built businesses now as a business coach. How would you define what you do today? What would you tell people that you do? I help people dream bigger and put a plan of action in place to turn those dreams into reality. And this is for people that are already, most of the the people that I deal with one-on-one are already highly successful. And what they're dealing with is mostly kind of what's called like a back from the moon type of syndrome. So they've achieved dreams that were bigger than what they ever thought they could accomplish as a child. And here they've realized that and more. And now they're like, no, now what? Right now what? I've got in many cases, the big bank account, but my health has been neglected mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually, or my relationships have been neglected. Either my key personal relationships, some key professional relationships uh, need some time, attention, and work to get them to the next level. Because what I've found is one of the three is no success. Success, most people automatically equate with the money, but there's a lot of people out there that have the money, but that's only one aspect. The other aspect is the health, which is the base, the foundation, the relationships, and the money. And one out of three is not a win. Two out of three is not a win. You need and want and should have it as your goal to have all three. Why not have it all? So that's what I do. I help people have it all. Fantastic. I read somewhere about uh, an Olympic athlete who was uh, who just won gold at the games and was on the flight home and was hit by this massive depression. So I understand what you're saying about that back from the moon syndrome. Uh, I think that might be, uh, you know, touching a real nerve with with a lot of people. So, Tom, what, what does an average day look like for you from from the morning through to the evening and, and encompassing the, the career that you've put together? What what is an average day in the life of Tom Beale? Well, it's kind of fun to reflect on where I was years ago and where I am now because I've created from years ago sitting down and saying, what would my dream week look like? What would my dream day look like? And I've pretty much arranged my schedule, my days and my weeks and months to where I'm living the life that I dreamed of years ago. So years ago, I grew up in upstate New York, Rochester, New York, which is a beautiful, lovely area to grow up in. Then I moved through divorces and marriages down to North Carolina and always kept going back to Rochester. But a friend of mine was like, you got to come visit me in South Florida. And he's like, you're going to love it. I have a feeling you might love it enough to move here. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And long story short, I live in South Florida. I live in Boca Raton, Florida. And um, uh, it's roughly 1.7 miles east to the beach here in Boca Raton. So our house where we live is 1.7 miles uh, away from the beach. And every morning when I wake up, no alarm clock, no uh, my body has on the, is on this timer where I'll wake up somewhere between 5.30 and 6.30 a.m. generally. And when I wake up, I get some workout clothes on. I drink some water, brush my teeth. And 
begin the walk. And I, by the way, I put my AirPods in. I have my AirPods where I'm, I'm listening to Audible. I'm listening to podcasts. Now I'm excited to listen to your podcast, Walter, and uh, begin the journey. And it's a 1.7 mile walk. I walk at a rapid pace. As you mentioned, I was in the Marine Corps, so we, we hump. We, we walk very fast. Right. So I walk with a fast pace with, with a purpose to the beach. Generally takes 20 to 25 minutes to get there. But I'm listening to the audios at one and a half speed all the way up to three X speed. Wow. So uh, it's, it's a round trip of an hour uh, with me getting to the halfway point of the beach, recording some videos and setting some intentions. Um, and my day starts off with the hour of power. And nice. I learned this from Gary Halbert, who's one of the best copywriters of all time. He's, he's passed, but when he wrote some letters uh, to his son years ago called the Boron Letters, he said, There's, I'm going to tell you, yes, copywriting and business growth, we'll get to that, but trust me on this. Your hour of, the pow- hour of power in the morning is the most important thing that you will not only love doing, but you'll feel bad when you don't do it. So my hour of power, I do it and it's not like, oh, geez, I got to go do it. I look forward to it. And my day starts off successfully right away, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I gain that clarity. I gain that grounding. I'm putting good information in my ear at that faster pace that you can train yourself to learn. So in the one hour of round trip walk, um, I'm listening to three hours of audio uh, generally on on a given day. So three hours of audio times seven, 21 hours during that one hour, not to mention the other times. So when I get to the beach now, many times I'm watching the sunrise. How many sunrises will you and I see, you know, between now and when we're no longer here? We don't know that answer, but my goal is, you know, it's a definite number. Right. So I, I go and sometimes I enjoy that sunrise and I just look at the magic and I experience how amazing it is to be in that moment witnessing another sunrise, the gift of another day. And then I set my intention for the day. I look at my schedule and ask myself, okay, I have this meeting. I have this interview with Walter. What's my desired outcome for that? Well, for this particular interview, my desired outcome is to be fully present, to hear the questions that you pose to me and give an answer that not only can be nice conversation between us, but can connect some dots in some of the listeners that may lead to a whole new trajectory, a whole new path for them of understanding that life doesn't have to be so complicated. There are ways to simplify. And one of the easiest ways to simplify is reach out to the experts and learn from the experts who've accomplished goals similar to what you're seeking to accomplish. So I set my attentions during the day. Uh, I record video. Right. I have a statement called be a prolific value creator. Nowadays, we have people like Gary Vee in the in the world. And Gary produces, what, 100 videos a day because he's got a team of people that follow him around. Yeah. He's like, look, if you're not producing content on a daily basis, what, what what's wrong with you? Like, why not? Yeah. So I get the content creation done in the morning. And, and a lot of people ask me, what do you talk about? Whatever's on my mind. <laughs> and, and I'm listening to good stuff on the way there, on the way back. And I'm inter- interfacing with uh, amazing people throughout the days and weeks. So I generally have some good things on my mind because I'm not, I'm not, not in motion. I'm in motion. And when you're in motion, when you're conversing with people, and when you're putting good information into your ear, you have good information that you can give out. So I record some videos. And I interact with my audiences and then I walk back. So the day already is a success before my day really kicks off. That's my day. And then I have appointment schedule. Generally, I have clients all over the world Mm -hmm. uh, and with time zones and things like that. Sometimes I have some appointments in the morning, afternoon and evening, but it's, it's set where I don't overextend myself. It's not the days of old. When I first got into coaching, uh, my son, who's now 17, 
was just a couple years old and would be pulling on my pant leg while I'm on phone calls. Right. And I, what I, I set up my successful coaching business a lot, was, was taking me away from having time with my kids. Right. And I changed the model. I didn't want to have calls from eight in the morning until 10 at night. So now I only have a few calls per day. And then I schedule uh, what in the breaks between this call and that call, what's my intention. Nice. And I will, I will set little uh, chunks of time in between those appointments to determine what's mine to do. And that's a question I pose to myself in the morning. And I pose to myself in each of the appointments and each of the, the times that I have uh, scheduled in the day, what's mine to do right now? Fantastic. That answer used to be a long time ago when I was in workaholic mode, I used to think that answer had to be a revenue producing answer. Now what's mine to do, I'll look at it from a holistic manner. Is there something I need to do to take care of myself? Do I need to write in my journal? Do I need to record another video? Do I need to just go relax and chill? Do I need to go get a foot massage? Or do I need to break away and spend time with the kids or break away and spend time with my fiance Wanda? You know, it's the holistic approach. What's mine to do? And when we're doing what's ours to do, we're like the farmer who's planting and doing what's, what's theirs to do and reaping the results uh, from where we put our time, attention, energy, and focus. Fantastic. I think like even just in this first couple of minutes, Tom, I can, I can completely understand how life has uh, become what you've wanted it to be. I mean, just, just two audio snippets that you've mentioned there. The first is that you design your day. And I think, you know, as human beings, one of the things that I'm passionate about is making sure that people understand that they have the choice to be able to design their day, their week, their year, their life. And, and that's, that's an amazing thing to hear coming back from you. And the other one where you're talking, to, uh, you know, that specific question, what's mine to do? You know, that we, we all have so many things on our to-do list. We have so many things that are, that are, that are cramming in on the time that we have available to you and when you when you ask yourself those two questions what's my life design and what's mine to do you find uh, you know a, a great clarity there so that's that's a great um, starting point for us with this with this interview I appreciate it so Tom when I look at your uh, you know your resume doing a little bit of digging before we started the interview I can see lots of achievements there what would you say is your biggest achievement so far what's what's the thing that you're the proudest of in terms of um, the, the legacy that you're leaving um, as you're moving through? That's a great question, uh, Walter. And, and uh, normally I'm not uh, lo- at a loss for words, but I, I just was reflecting in my mind. And the biggest achievement for me, because I've been a national bicycle champion, I've been the number one honor man out of boot camp in the United States Marine Corps. I've been meritoriously promoted three times in the Marine Corps. I was the number one sales representative uh, in five separate sales organizations. Um, Pretty much anything I've set my mind to, I've achieved. And in, and in breaking away from corporate America and going into the entrepreneurial world, I've been fortunate to produce tens of millions of dollars of results for myself and my clients, clients probably in the hundreds of millions. Um, so when I set my mind to something, I always achieve it. So to me, saying, ooh, there's a mountain I want to go climb, it's just a matter of time before I climb it. I mean, and when I set my, 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 my goals on it, I'm going to be committed. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to give the dedication and do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to reach the pinnacle. So me achieving stuff doesn't excite me because I achieve everything I set my mind to. Now I'm saying that some people be like, well, wow, that's, that's a cocky statement, but I would have you reflect on your personal journey when you set your goals on that mountain, whatever that was personal and professional. Um, and you gave it your all, you know, can 
Yeah, it just happened. And I know, Walt, you know, studying you, you're a black belt in the martial arts. Like you set that as a goal as a youngster and did what it took consistently with determination, with commitment, with dedication. And lo and behold, you, you, uh, you, you put the proper activities in and you reap the results of earning that black belt. Not everybody does. Yeah. And could everybody earn it? Yes. What happened? There was a disconnect between their commitment, their dedication and their follow through. That's it. I mean, and, and I'm not to diminish the black belt. Black belt's a high achievement, but that's a similar comparison to all the achievements that I rattled off. It's just a series of steps. I, I completely understand. And both you and I would know that um, that, that journey towards, uh, we, we, you know, you mentioned it. Well, you, I didn't answer your question, though. I didn't answer your question. So, so what, what satisfies me most is helping others connect the dots and seeing them succeed. Helping people, just if, if there's, a, there's a documentary, I love watching documentaries. There's one on Mike Tyson called Tyson. And it shows Tyson's coach, Cus D'Amato. Cus was telling Mike Tyson when, when Tyson was a young thug who was in the, the juvenile courts and things, telling him, you're going to be a champ. You're going to be a champ. Nice. And, and Mike's like, who's this guy telling me I'm going to be a champ? I'm going to rob him and head back to the city. But, <laughs> later, but soon enough, Mike started believing this guy. Hey, this guy might be onto something. Maybe I could be the champ. So for me, it's being that custom model, being someone who sees something better in the people that I come in contact with than they may see for themselves and helping them see it and then realize it. That's what gives me the satisfaction. So for me, achieving all that stuff, nah, not so much. I, I do it and I love it and I love the journey to climb the mountain, but it's not right. a matter of, hey, am I going to make it? No. One step after the next, I'll get to the top. That's right. how life works. But what helps me is to help see something bigger in someone else than they can see in themselves when they look in the mirror. Kind of look, think of that image where you see the kitten looking in the mirror and sees the lion. Right. I see nice. that in people. I see the best version of them before many times they can see it. And I help them like Customato helped Mike Tyson recognize that as a possibility and expand their trajectory. So that's what gives me the most satisfaction to answer your question. I love it. Give me a one. Give me a one, Tom. So um, without mentioning any names, obviously keeping clients uh, confidential. Tell me about the, the person that you've um, been coaching and been with that has, uh, that has achieved. Let's, let's live vicariously through that achievement just for a moment. What's, what's the one that you go, wow, I had a hand in that? Oh, my goodness. Well, there was uh, ended up being a, a business partner, and we did tens of millions of dollars together. And there was a phone call that he and I had right after he did his first, which was very, very beginning in the internet marketing world, a, a, a roughly a million dollars in a week. Wow. And basically what he said on the phone after we celebrated, and I, I, you know, we, we chatted leading up to it. We chatted while that, uh, we weren't working together at that time, but he said something. He's like, well, uh, I guess I blew my load, right? I guess, you know, I guess uh, I'm now, done. now what? And, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm done. Right. I guess I did it, you know, and, and, and I hung up the phone and I said, you know what? I said, I, I, know, I felt just in, intrigued to, and inspired to call him back. And I called him back. I said, hey, man, you said something a little earlier. He's like, and I said, you said, you said you blew your load, meaning I'm done. I, I see this as being a regular occurrence. I see this as being something you could do on a quarterly basis. Imagine doing $4 million launches wow. a year. Uh, that's and, a, and, such and I a change in mindset straight away. I, right. I planted that seed for him. And sure enough, shortly after that, we started working together and went on to do over $25 million together. And that's one example of someone who, in essence, ha had been to the moon and thought, geez, now what? I, I kind of did, you know, what's the, what's that, uh, the TV story where the guy in high school threw four touchdowns in the soup in, in a football game and he, he uh, married with children. He'd always talk about the past. 
Right. A lot of people think, oh, I, in that time in high school, I threw four touchdowns in one game, you know, and that's when they're 40, 50 years old, still telling that story. So I heard that one individual tell the story of like, hey, I did it. I guess now I'm just going to go, you know, what, do something. I don't know what. And I, I helped them understand that's the beginning. That's what got you out of the atmosphere. And that, guess what? That's very hard because it takes a lot of fuel. Now that you're out of the atmosphere, just think of the space shuttle when it launches. It takes a lot of fuel to yeah. get it out of the atmosphere. And that, those fuel, that massive effort, yeah. They fall apart. But once you get out of the atmosphere, it doesn't take that much fuel to continually move around at rapid pace. So Fantastic. Uh, that's one of, of many uh, uh, that, that come to mind. Man, I love that. Like, I, I think for anybody listening, I, I hope that you can take that with you. The, the reality of what you've achieved. And I think everybody, you know, no matter where we find ourselves in life, I, I've been through some high times, some low times and uh, some, you know, some peaks and some troughs in my time. And I, I love the thought of looking at those highest peaks and thinking, wow, this can be the beginning. It doesn't have to be the end. I love it, mate. So I've got, uh, I've got all my questions there, Tom. Uh, straight after the, the biggest achievement question, um, I've got there a question that, that might be a bit confronting, which is a lot of us, as we're moving through and we have these achievements, you know, social media is full of the achievers. You know, it's, it's full of the, the personal bests. It's full of the this is my, my best day yet kind of thing. And, and we all see that. But we also know that that trajectory is never straight. There's, there's the, the, the peaks and troughs, as I mentioned. Right. So what right. would you say in your, in your time has been the biggest mistake you've made and the mm. lesson that you've learned as a result of that? <laughs> it's hard to categorize the biggest mistake I've made because I've made so many. I am the epitome of fail forward fast. I am the epitome of the pig-headed determination far surpasses the talent. Uh, yes, do I have talents? Yes, but some of them are uh, the ones that brought me to the levels of success that I've attained are determination, courage, commitment, dedication, follow-through. You know, just that willingness to just give it your all knowing that you're going to fail. And the biggest mistake I've made, hmm, a couple, 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 couple. Okay, um, trying to go it alone without a mentor was a huge mistake. Um, I fell into what I call the self-made millionaire fallacy. And I've gone on to meet and love Brian Tracy. But when I met him, I said, hey, Brian, I'm not sure if it's only me, but when I heard you train on self-made millionaire, what I thought that meant was if it's, up to, if it's going to be, it's up to me. You know, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do the graphics. I'm going to do the copy. I'm going to do A to Z. It's all on me. And what I found is there's only 24 hours in a day. Mm. And after doing that for roughly five years, I came to find out Brian Tracy had 40 employees. Right. And in my mind, that was not a self-made millionaire. That's, and and I, I get it now, but I misinterpreted what a self-made millionaire was. I thought self-made millionaire was, yes, I'm going to do it all and beat my chest. Yes, I do it all and be proud of that. Be proud of the workaholic uh, person that you'd have to be. And, and even working 60, 80 hours a week, you still aren't making any progress because you can't do the stuff you suck at. You yes. shouldn't be stuff you suck at. You should do the things that you're great at, that you love, that you're passionate about, and get others to do the stuff that you suck at, that they're great at. That's the main secret. So the, the big mistake I made was falling for the self-made millionaire fallacy, which was my own misinterpretation. Like I said, I love Brian. I've met him. I've traveled uh, all over uh, the world with his team and stuff. Uh, he and, and I, uh, was president of his company, went to Africa to help uh, build a school over there all sorts of stuff. I love Brian, but I misinterpreted it. And I don't think I was the only one because I've told this to many other people and they're like, yeah, I believe that too. Right. So the big 
mistake for me was going down that path of beating my chest, bragging about how hard and how long I was working, trying to do it all, being the self-made millionaire until I realized team, T-E-A-M, together, everyone achieves more. Together, everyone achieves more with a team you can go way further than you can on your own. You can't win the Super Bowl by yourself. You can't be the center and the quarterback and the wide receiver and all. I don't care how talented you are, you're going to get crushed. It requires a team, especially if you have those high aspirations. You know, to climb the small mountains, you can do it on your own. But when you're going for Kilimanjaro, when you're going for Mount Everest, when you're going for the big dreams, those big, hairy, audacious goals, you need a team. So don't fool yourself and don't fall into the workaholic mode, braggadocious mode that I fell into. And actually, one of my friends who sold uh, Jim Rohn seminars the same time that Tony Robbins did back in 2001, I have the book over there that I published. The book's called The North Carolina Home Book. Anyone looking to build or remodel their million dollar plus home in the Charlotte, Greensboro, or Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina areas, I was the publisher of that book. And I was bragging to this friend uh, about how hard I was working. Yeah. And he said, he said, uh, man, Tom, don't you have a new child? And this was early 2002. I said, yeah. He said, man, I can tell you want me to pat you on the back and, and, you know, commend you for working so hard. He's like, but with you working that hard and that long, how much time are you spending with your son? It was like a dagger through my heart. Right. I was like, oh, and, and tears. I couldn't even tell this story for years without tears coming out my face. Cause I was giving the money, my attention and neglecting my family. Right. Wow. And, and giving that, you know, so, so he said, here's my challenge to you, Tom. He said, get the same results in half the amount of time, and then you'll impress me. But he's nice. like, you know, you're working, you're working so much, half is still going to be too much, so do it again. So, so the challenge I would pose to, to high performers, and this is what I pose to them, is great. You've achieved great levels of success of monetary and business growth. How can you get the same amount of results in half the amount of your time? Nice. And that requires systems, that requires processes, that requires team, that requires thinking differently because the goal is not to work harder. You know, 10X is the big thing. Grant Cardone, 10X. No one wants to work or no one can work 10 times harder. You have to think stronger. You have to think bigger to get the same results in half the amount of your time, which then frees your time up to work in the other areas that are important to you, which include your own personal health, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, your own personal relationships. Because the old saying, I think it's over in Australia too, if mama ain't happy, you ain't happy. I don't no, care how much right. money. <laughs> happy, happy life. No, absolutely. I think, um, you know, we all look at that in, in that self-made millionaire, um, you know, as you, as you mentioned there, and, and you think I have to do it myself. I think that's such an important lesson from somebody coming like yourself who's, who's been through a lot of things and has coached some high-performance people, talking about you know, uh, that you need that team behind you and the, the mistake of I've spoken to many, especially men, uh, you know, and that's probably just because of my circle's there, um, the, the burnout factor. Of, uh, of especially of entrepreneurs and you know mm-hmm. they're putting in the hours when the kids are asleep they're back to work they're working until midnight they're getting up at, you know all that stuff and yeah. and they're just you cannot burn that candle um, so hard so fast I think that's really that's an important one thanks man and then going back to what you talked about with social media now you see everyone else getting so much uh, progress so much results and you're wondering what are they doing that I'm not doing and what they're doing is that aspect of having that team, having the systems, the processes, the, all that to where it doesn't require them. You know, Gary Vee does his stuff and his team does the rest. Yeah, right. right. That's, that's the epitome. That's like, you know, he's got it all, all, all squared away in that manner. But that's the thing on social media. Now you're like, man, 
I'm crushing, I'm doing as all that I can and more, and I'm not getting anywhere. I feel like a hamster on a wheel. Why is so-and-so and why is so-and-so? And by the way, appearances on Facebook are not what they seem, right? No, I've seen behind so the scenes of so much. And everybody has that front stage appearance, that mask. Everybody is a flawed human. Everybody is living, and especially even the top performers. I mean, I've seen behind most all of the, of the well-known and respected people. I'm talking huge names. There's a quote by Mario Andretti that says, um, if, you're, if everything is under control, you're not going fast enough. <laughs> Think about that. He's a, he's a race car driver. If yeah. everything is under control, you're not going fast enough. I can guarantee you the people that are hustling, the ones that we just mentioned, Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, and many, many others, it looks great from the outside. Behind the scenes, you'd be like, holy cow, I can't believe it's such a mess. Right. But it's living on that premise that money loves speed. And it's better to fail forward fast and imperfect action always beats perfect inaction. And then the whole thing of, hey, if everything's under control, you're not going fast enough. You'll be surprised when you finally peek behind all the scenes, you're like, it's a mess. Yeah, yeah it's right. a mess. And they're crushing it, but it's they're barely keeping the wheels on in many yeah, yeah. cases. And it is a mess and the team's there to, to pick it up. So it's, it's a mess that not one person is, is driving. Correct. Right. Um, so I've got my, ne- my next question, Tom, for, for people who are listening. Actually, what I might do, I, I, something that we're doing with, these, with our interviews and our podcast is uh, shortly before the, the interview happens, I'm reaching out on social media and saying, hey, this is the person I'm interviewing. So I, I gave a, a bit of a, uh, a spiel about yourself and I said, if you had the opportunity to ask this person a question, what would you ask? And I've got a, a listener question from Jim. Jim, sure. as an ex-Marine himself, he wanted me to ask you, what did you have to learn transitioning from the services to business? What was the skill that you had to learn coming from one environment to another? Well, first of all, if I don't say this, other Marines would be like, I don't believe he's a Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. There's never an ex-Marines. Nice. So, uh, cool. That's, Got it. And, it's always, and I say that with a smile because all Marines, hey, Semper Fi, you know who I'm talking to. Every time we hear someone that, that doesn't address that, we're like, oh, I wonder if they actually are a Marine. Got it. So anyhow, so there is never an ex-Marine. <laughs> Once a Marine, always a Marine. No, no worries. Um, but the funny part of that is it really revolves back around to the similar experiences we learned about leadership in the Marine Corps. So for the Marines out there, you'll understand this. For you who are not in the Marines, here are the 14 leadership traits that we learn in the Marine Corps. And when you apply these into your business, they can be as applicable and as necessary to what led you to achieve in the Marine Corps, uh, achieving your objectives, as to what will lead you to succeeding in a business. And the 14 leadership traits are judgment, justice, decisiveness, integrity, integrity, dependability, tact, initiative, enthusiasm, bearing, unselfishness, courage, knowledge, loyalty, endurance. Those are 14. Now, for everyone... Wow, that's, look, that's a pretty good guidebook for anybody, I think. Yeah. So now, here's, here's the, the secret. Now, there's always a secret behind stuff. So secret one, we were indoctrinated in Marine Corps boot camp, which is roughly 12 weeks. Yeah. And we learned a lot of stuff. And that was one of the things we learned, the 14 leadership traits. And how they taught it to us was an acronym. The acronym is JJ Did Tie Buckle. So if you list down on a piece of paper, JJ, D-I-D-T-I-E-P-U-C-K-L-E, those are the 14 leadership traits. So if you go on to Google and type in JJ did tie buckle, you will see those 14 leadership traits. And what you'd want to ask yourself is, which ones do I have? Like check, yep, good judgment, good justice, decisive, integrity, tact, initiative, initiative, hmm, initiative I need some help on. Which ones are you not 
a check mark, right? And those are the ones that you might want to look internally to ask yourself how and where and what can I do to grow that into a leadership trait that I can get a check mark on, right? Courage, knowledge, loyalty, endurance, right? All the different ones, like which ones are you not able to give a definite check yet? And how can you go improve that upon yourself? And sometimes uh, that will require a coach. Sometimes that will require a book. Sometimes that may require a seminar, something that can help get you on that straight path. Because when you have those 14 leadership traits, you will accomplish the mission as a Marine. You will also accomplish the mission as a business leader, as someone who has that team, who with that, that singular goal, here's where we're looking to go. Here's what we're seeking to accomplish. You need to rally that team and make sure everybody's answering that question we talked about in the very beginning. What's mine to do right now? Mm. Lack of clarity, lack of clarity leads to not knowing that answer. Lack of clarity is the root of all failure. So when you have clarity amongst the leader who can then decipher that clarity and deliver that clarity to the team, everybody knows what's theirs to do because they know here's where we're going and here's what's mine to do right now. I can reflect on times when I was a leader in the Marine Corps and whenever there was a lack of clarity, there's lack of action. There's people did, you know, procrastinating and not dilly-dallying because they aren't clear on what's theirs to do. You have to get them that clarity, and, and sometimes that reminds them of here's the objective. And in order for that, us to achieve this objective, here's what we need from you. And that same thing occurs to business. When there's lack of clarity, that's where procrastination kicks in. That's where busy work kicks in. That's where the whole 20-80 rule gets flipped up over. That's where people are spending now 80% of their time in stuff that only produces 20% of the results instead of wanting them to spend time in the 20% of activities that produce 80% of the results. Unreal. And that comes from those leadership traits. So if That's you really remember those, reflect on those, go to Google, go to JJ did tie buckle. You'll find some great resources on that that can be helpful. That's uh, a really cool answer. I like it. And I think that's something that's definitely actionable. I had one of the, I had one other listener question from Margot who wanted to know uh, how you felt about uh, Wim Hof breathing. Is that something that you uh, have come across in your time? I can, uh, you know, yes. Wim Hof, I, I have been blessed to speak in the Netherlands. Uh, I have some really close friends over there and he is, uh, he is from that arena area. So mm-hmm. Uh, I was introduced to to him way long ago, and he is a, he's crazy, man. He's awesome, and okay. and if if you've just heard of him, uh, go Google him. He is not they call him the Ice Man or whatever. He goes into really cold water, and he helps people with breathing and basically stepping out of their comfort zone and taking control of some things that we take for granted. So what I can say is, breathing is one of my favorite things. And if you were to look, <laughs> I, I hope everybody can say that, right? <laughs> And, and I say that with a laugh because, you know, what, Tom, what's your favorite thing? I'll say breathing. Yeah, yeah right. Breathing is my favorite thing. Most people would list and up if you look at it, kind, but you know, right. like, let's any, any piece of paper that shows what people died of is lying. What they died of is lack of breathing. Right. They stopped breathing. Hey, what Jimmy die of? He stopped breathing. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Every time. So breathing, and, and I'm saying this because uh, I also talk about fasting. I also talk about what we put into our body, you know, uh, getting the proper sleep all these things that we take for granted um, and that we're given for free, right? Nobody has to pay to breathe. You know, well, I, I had a respirator breathing for me after an accident that I went and was walking towards the bright white light. I had that near death experience and said, stop, this isn't how it's supposed to end. I know you had more for me to accomplish. Send me back. I woke up after being helicopter lifted with a respirator breathing for me. So my, my thing of breathing I don't take for granted. And I also don't take walking and talking because I couldn't walk or talk after that wreck either. And I was told I may never walk or talk properly. 
So yes, I love Wim Hof uh, for many reasons above and beyond just the breathing. But when you study what to eat, when you study how to rest, when you study how to breathe, you're like, what? I got to learn how to breathe. Well, when you go down that path, you're going to be, your mind is going to expand of like, holy cow, there are ways to breathe to get in proper states. You know, and and for those who study Tony Robbins, um, he has some breathing techniques and and many other people have breathing techniques. So I like Wim's, Wim Hof's, but um, anything that you can come across uh, to study breathing, to study eating, to study proper nutrition, study proper rest and sleep, basically how to take care of the shell we're in. When you do that, I mean, it doesn't come with a a manual, but I mean, here you are a black belt. You can do things that I would never be able to do because you've studied the manual and in depth related to martial arts. When you study breathing, when you study uh, putting the proper nutrition and fasting and all this other stuff, you're kind of tapping into some secrets that you'll find they're secret now because everyone's so distracted with all the craziness and nonsense. I mean, the world is one yeah. big distraction. Yeah. When we really break it down, you study how to breathe. You study how to eat. You study how to get the proper rest slash meditation. You get grounded. You get out of the mess, out of the chaos. You now become focused on the important things in life. So um, that's a, that's an interesting it. I, question. I think Margo's going to uh, really enjoy that. Yeah. And, I, you know, I love... I used to listen to a lot of Jim Rohn's recordings, uh, you know, during my time. I still do. And uh, I remember one of his, his things, what his mentor said to him, if you want to be happy, study happiness. And his response right. is, well, I didn't realize that happiness was a study. Yeah. You know, and to, just to hear you say that, uh, you know, to, breathing as in the science, the science of breathing. I have a wow. book over there, The Science of Breathing. It's an wow, old book. Cool. And I have one called Fast, uh, uh, Fasting Can Save Your Life. I mean, all these things are, are time-tested. I mean, yoga is literally training you to breathe. And yoga yeah. is kind of big in, uh, lately. You know, it has a resurgence since, you know, 15, 20 years. But yoga literally is about that, teaching people how to breathe, if you think about it. I and move it. your body and breathe and all this. So breathing is, is the time-tested age old wisdom that kind of is forgotten, but is vitally important. And it's my favorite thing to do. And hopefully yours too. I love it. I love that. The breathing is one of my favorite things. I love it. Mate, if you had, um, uh, so I've got, uh, and thank you so much for your time. I'm really grateful. I don't want to take up too much of it more, but uh, I've got a few more questions here. If you had a room full of graduate students, what advice would you give them? uh, You know, in, in a couple of sentences, what would you say to people coming into that kind of adult world these days? Well, I asked myself this question when I turned 40. I'm now 46. You should, and, and you on the video, I know that's very shocking. Like, oh my God. I know, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, I get it. I get it. Uh, uh, but when I turned 40, uh, being a Marine and being, I, I was born to teenagers, grew, grew up around four divorces and six marriages, went to nine different schools by eighth grade, lived on poverty. And to achieve what I achieved, I really, for some reason, never even knew that I would make it to 40. So when I turned 40, my friend Jeffrey Gittimer, best-selling sales author of all time, says it's the birthdays with the zeros that make you reflect more. So that's a, a 40, a zero at the end made me reflect more. And I, I said, man, I remember being 20. I just went in the Marine Corps when I was 20 years old. What would I tell myself at 20? So I went through this process. And, and by the way, I went on the other, that's, that's a very important question. What would you tell yourself 20 years ago? And if you're watching it and you're only 30, what would you tell yourself 10 years ago? Yeah. But if you're watching this and you're, you're, 30, you're, you're 40, 50, 60 or above, what would you tell yourself 20 years ago? Like literally, what, what conversation would you have? And then go forward 20 years, what would that future version of you 
And I feel there's, there's a, a wide variety, all the way from billionaire to dead version of us. Pick which version you feel would be the best version of you that would come back and give you some advice. What would that person tell you? Right. So when I went through that process, that's where my answer came for this. And I asked myself, I was like, man, if I could tell myself anything at 20, here's what I would tell myself. And here's what I would tell those graduate students. Get clear on what you want. Like, what do you want for your health? What do you want for your ideal relationships? What do you want for your financial situation? Who do you want to be, do, and have? Like, what experiences do you want? Like, like what do you want? And that's so funny. Like, it's such a simple question. What do you want? That's an important question to gain clarity on because here's what I found. When I'm clear on what I want, I get it. Nice. And when I look back on my life, when I, when I love doing the bicycle riding, I did the tricks on the bicycles, bicycle freestyle. I just love doing that. I'd wake up in the morning and do it all day and go to sleep and repeat that process. I didn't have the goal of becoming a national champion, but eventually I went to a competition. My first competition, I got third place in. I'm like, whoa, like, I didn't even think I'd get that. And then that led me to doing more competitions. Eventually won a national championship as a teenager, picked up sponsorships, had a whole bunch of free stuff come to my house because mm-hmm. I was doing well and getting press and doing shows and all this stuff. So I didn't have the national championship as my goal, but what I did is have a goal to learn the next trick. What I had, what I did is to have a goal of uh, fine-tuning my presentation. You know, when you're in a competition, you have a couple yeah. minutes to do your routine. So doing my routine without having to touch my foot on the ground, doing it in a manner that gets people clapping, getting them exciting and stuff, excited and things like that. So when you, when I look back on my life and when I was clear on what I wanted, that's when you're in the flow. That's when life was just amazing. And, and not to say when I wasn't clear, life wasn't good, but with clarity on what you want, that adds a whole different level of living. And Napoleon Hill's um, first law to success is the burning desire. Yeah. Right. That gives you, when you know what you want, now that transitions into giving you that burning desire to put the plan in place. And it's literally like the fire in your gut that gives you that determination, that drive, that commitment, that dedication to, to follow through with it. Even when there's challenges, even when there's obstacles that are going to try to push you off course, you persevere and you overcome them. Very so, cool. I, I think that's, that's such a valuable I'm, lesson. Like, I mean, you know, to the, to a room full of people who are, who have got their life in front of them. Uh, incredible. If you, if you have the opportunity to pass on that lesson of clarity, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's huge, man. Thank, thank you so much for that. Um, so Tom, I've got uh, just a couple of questions before we wrap up. Um, the first of which is, is a 60 second challenge. Now we're going to do this with, with uh, all kinds of people on our podcasters who come in from Olympic athletes all the way through to CEOs and, and others. Here's my 60 second challenge. A friend of yours who you haven't seen for a long time tells you that they just started out on their own business and they really admire what you have done personally. What advice would you have for this friend in 60 seconds? Hmm. Hire me as a coach. Nice. <laughs> I like it. All right. That's a good statement. That um, was about five seconds. So, you know. Yeah, right, right, right. That's right. I have my five-step success magnet system. In order to succeed, these five steps need to be in place. You need to have a clear vision. You need to believe that it's possible for you. Believe that if others can do it, you can do it too. Identify and align. Find a mentor who's accomplished what you're seeking to accomplish and align yourself to the best of your abilities. Four, commitment to action. Take the proper steps, whether you feel like it or not. And number five, Always have fun. Enjoy the journey. Awesome. Oh, that's really cool, man. That's very, very cool. Tom, who's, who's someone that you look up to in your life? Who's a, um, uh, the role model? Who's setting the, the guideline for you that you're excited to follow? 
I have, I have many. I mean, Tony Robbins has been a, a role model for me since about 1990 when I crossed paths with him. Uh, my role model prior to that was Zig Ziglar. Uh, I met, I didn't meet, I met Zig through his books around 1989 um, through selling Cutco Cutlery. My, my manager loved Zig Ziglar and that led me to loving Zig Ziglar. And I was blessed to meet him several times before he passed and spend some time with him. Mm-hmm. He was probably the biggest person that had the most influence through his books, his tapes, his videos and live interactions I had with him. And Tony comes a close second. Nice. Um, and I still respect and look up to both of them, Zig and Tony. Yes. Very cool. And Jim, Rohn, Jim Rohn is yeah, Jim Rohn as well. The, the godfather of them all. Is there a, um, a, a book or a podcast or a media snippet that you, that you love that you, that you would recommend to other people that's been an impact for you? Yes. Yes. Earl Nightingale's the strangest secret. Earl Nightingale, The Strangest Secret. You go Google, uh, YouTube that, go to YouTube and, wa- and watch. It's, an, it's about a 26-minute audio. Yeah. And Jeffrey Gittimer told me that. Jeffrey Gittimer, and by the way, he's another uh, person I look up to and respect. A good friend since, man, what year? I forgot what year I met him, but I, uh, amazing stuff. Um, and he told me how he and his teams used to listen to that twice a day for years. And I listened wow. to that thing hundreds of times. Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret will change your life. Yes. Fantastic. Good tip. So uh, what's, what's next for you, Tommy? You, you mentioned that uh, when, you set a, when you set a goal, you achieve it. And that's just yep. your MO. That's how things happen. What's, what's the big thing on the horizon for you that you're excited to be marching towards? This is the first time I've ever expressed this. I am great at helping people get better. And I see the better version of themselves uh, and, and able to help them health relationships and finances grow at levels they never even dream. Um, and what I want to do is expand that beyond the people who are already highly successful. So, uh, you know, because it, it does take, you know, $3,000, $5,000 a month to get me to work personally with them, but they're already highly successful. And that's, that's a steal compared to. Uh, some people I've trained that actually charge way more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the average person, that's kind of out of their horizon. So I actually have some books that are coming out finally oh, that yeah. will be able to spread that net and help people with the strategies that I've been helping so many uh, successful, well-known uh, millionaires with more on a scale that will spread that uh, to more of the masses. Fantastic. And then hopefully connect some dots and allow those people to be testimonials of like, hey, here's where I was prior to crossing path with that book. And here's where I am now. Yeah. Awesome. Man. Books, books have been totally, I mean, Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, you know, Tony Robbins books, Jim Rohn, all these books have had a dramatic impact on mine, Zig Ziglar's. And now it's time for me to finally uh, step into that uh, role. So that's kind of exciting for me. Terrific, mate. And when, when, those, uh, when those books publish and when they're out, please come back on the show and we can, we can talk it through. That's, uh, that's really cool. Tom, thank you so much for your time. Where can people go to find out more about you? Where can they follow along? Where can they get a, uh, an early release copy of the book? How can people get in touch with Tom? Sure. Do a, a search for my name and you'll find me everywhere. However, I do have a site that I just put together a case study that talks about the most common challenges my millionaire clients deal with. And if you know them and know how to overcome them in advance, they won't hold you back. And you can find that at yourbestawaits.com. Yourbestawaits.com. Fantastic. Yourbestawaits.com. This has been an absolute pleasure. Tom, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing some of the insights of your life. Guys, I hope uh, if you're listening that you've got a lot out of it as I have. Uh, and Tom, again, thank you so much for your time and, and uh, all the best. Thanks for having me, Walter.